This is the Think Courageously podcast. I'm your host, Deb Cummins-Stilato, and I'm here to challenge successful women like you to find the courage to make pivots so that you can ignite your life and expand your limited thinking about change. I'm a certified life and leadership coach, and I'm excited to share my stories and insights into igniting energy from within. When I was a kid, I had a poster on my wall with a quote from Helen Keller, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Are you ready for a daring adventure? Are you looking for the best version of yourself? If so, you're in the right place. Let's embrace the adventure of sparking potential together. Well, hello and welcome to the Think Courageously podcast. I'm your host, Deb Cummins-Stilato. And as always, I am excited to welcome an incredible woman into our community, onto our show. And I'm so delighted to introduce you today to Sara Gita Flores. Embodying the transformation of trauma-induced silence and shame into radiant self-expression, Sarah is a vocal empowerment coach, speaker, and singer-songwriter based in Denver, Colorado. With 16 years of facilitation experience, she helps women to deepen their confidence in their voices through playful vocal practices, creative expression, and inner child healing. I enjoyed this conversation so much and can't wait to say, let's go to the show. Well, hello and welcome Sarah Gitas Flores to the Think Courageously podcast. I'm I'm just really excited for you to be here today. Um, of course, we, we are universes collided in the metaverse of podcast collaboratives. <laughs> and um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I know I did the formal intro and everybody knows all the formal pieces of you, but I want to throw you my favorite question to start with, which is, Sarah, how did you get in this chair today? Yeah. Thank you so much, Deb. So it has for everyone, it has been a journey. So my story is all about reclaiming my voice and helping others to bring their voices into the spotlight. And it started out with the experience of intense silence and shame. The I mean, of course, there's always the things from living in a patriarchal culture. We get interrupted. We get told that children should be seen and not heard. And these these patterns are here. But for me, the really intense silencing came when I was five years old and I was sexually assaulted by my friend's dad. And um, of course, he threatened me if I said anything. So there was this shutting down of my voice and really a narrowing of my self-expression. Like it, it still has to come out some way, especially for someone like me, who's just so naturally expressive, but it was like, everything became narrow into what is pleasing, what is palatable, what I hope will keep me safe by pleasing the people around me. So that led to perfectionism, <laughs> to being like super tuned in to other people and how they're reacting. And, oh no, I made this face and then they made this face. And just like my voice feeling like it's um, 
entirely uh it's it's entirely for the purpose of like maintaining this perceived somewhat sense of safety but i did find one place of safe self-expression through music i started with piano and that allowed me to be on stage and be seen and heard it but in a way that was kind of intangible it wasn't like showing all of me but i was still expressing myself and then that later led me into singing I became a vocal performance major, you know, classical singing in college. And um, the perfectionism was like driving, driving, driving me until my body just broke down. (laughs) I was like, no, we can't keep pushing. We can't keep burying the pain and running away from everything. So for me, it came in in the form of physical pain. I got tendonitis. I couldn't play piano. I couldn't work on the computer. I was 19 when that happened. And um, in so many ways, I see how that was the turning point for me to start looking within. It brought me more into my body drew me into yoga so I could eventually learn to have a little bit more feeling and sensation of safety in my body. Um, So it kind of like was the start. (laughs) That physical pain was the start of my healing journey that, as I mentioned, brought in yoga, meditation, a lot of trauma resolution therapy through somatic experiencing, EMDR, a lot of self music therapy through writing songs, singing songs, learning to share songs. And when I felt like I had a sense of, you know, relative healing around the incidents of sexual assault that I had experienced, I felt so much this calling of like something on my heart that wants to be shared through my music and through my voice. And I, of course, went back into old patterns of like pushing myself, put yourself out there and, you know, got coaching and courses and found that for myself and in more recent years, I've also seen for the women that I work with, that there's really a need for another stage of trauma healing, which is integrating your voice, building that internal safety to be seen and heard so you can be in the spotlight with all of you feeling like, yes, I can do this so that it's not like some parts of me are terrified, but I'm forcing myself to do it. And it's also not some parts of me are terrified, so I'm never doing it. Right. So, so the work that I've been developing over the past six years, working, helping women with their voices, because the first 10 years of my career, I was very much a traditional voice teacher, just help you sing better, whatever better means. (laughs) Um, And so the past six years, I've been developing this body of work for how to use trauma-informed best practices to um, work with our nervous system so that we can shine, so that we can um, do the things like self-promotion. Like how many how many people are listening and are like, oh, I don't like self-promotion. But really, if you think about that, what self-promotion is, is tapping into your worth Mm. and expressing it in a way that people can uh, understand, whether that's through your voice or through writing. It's just the process of saying like, yeah, I got this 
internal divinely gifted power in me. I have this sense of purpose and it's just communicating. Here's what I'm doing. So the, the process of is really learning to trust your voice, to trust your body so that you can express all these juicy things outwardly with ease. Okay. This is amazing. Um, it is. I love this. I, I, I'm like obsessed with what you're talking about. Um, you know, I shared with you uh, before at the show that in April I uh, was part. I was part of the launch of a book called "Elevate Your Voice" with 14 other women, and you know, my own journey around that story was totally connected to trauma and my healing. Not to go into very huge details about it, but I lost my mom. Um, it'll be four years next week in the mm -hmm. most traumatic way. Um, the most traumatic possible way. And um, I, you know, I went through, I think, what was a very... Hmm. Intense grief journey. There was still more to do. And I was terrified to write this chapter. And I did it anyway, right? That was where the courage came for me. And it actually took me really until a month ago to start to change my relationship with that story. Like I couldn't read my own chapter, Sarah. I couldn't read my own yeah. chapter wow. forever because it just, it, it brought up so much. It was like a hurricane and, you know, just, I would read it and I would cry. I would read it and I would cry. Mm -hmm. And um, I recently had an opportunity to share the chapter in um, a presentation at this beautiful place called Woodlock where I had found my own sacred space for healing. And I, I got brave and I shared the story. And then I was like, I don't really need to tell this story anymore. Like, uh -huh. yeah. So I'm so curious about the work that you're doing in this space and really that connection between, I love the notion of self-promotion and tapping into your worth. Um, I'm so curious about what you've learned in the last six years around this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I really felt that in my heart about your, your mom and just the journey of sharing it and, and being able to read the story out loud. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So for me, so much of the safety, um, around sharing your voice and opening that channel, unblocking the voice. So much of it starts and ends with inner child healing because the parts of us that are terrified <laughs> are not like evil. It's not that they just want to ruin our lives or our careers or whatever it may be. It's that they are needing support and they're needing to be seen and heard. And what I have found to be the essence of healing those parts and acknowledging them without letting them like take over the show 
is getting really practiced at stepping into the role of your wise adult self. In internal family systems therapy, they call this the self <laughs> with a capital S. Some people call it your essential self, your wise self, but it's a part of you that you can always access. It is always with you. And it's in many ways related to stepping into the role of being a witness because it's like, here's this part that's like, oh, I can't even, I can't even read it or I can't even say that to somebody. What will they think? And then you develop a dual awareness of like, oh, and there's also my wise adult self who's saying, I got you. Everything you're feeling is okay. I understand you're scared. It makes sense that you're scared <laughs> and you don't have to worry. I'm here to keep us safe. I wouldn't put us in a situation that felt unsafe to me, the wise adult self, right? Like it's tapping into that inner knowing of saying, okay, I have some discernment, right? Like this Telling someone a story of your trauma, like speaking it to a therapist, for example, like the wise adult self knows it's safe, right? Like this is a safe container. I can trust my intuition that this is a safe person. And then the child self, or, you know, it could be any different part. You might not, you might not necessarily resonate with calling it a child, but you can think of it as a, any vulnerable aspect of you is like, oh no, no, they'll judge me. No, it's the end of the world. And you're just kind of like a, like a parent, you know, who's sitting with a child and saying, shh, it'll be okay. I'm here with you. Thank you for speaking up. So the more that we get really practiced with this, stepping into the dual awareness, the uh, um, taking on the role and perspective of your adult self, who's the caretaker, the loving caretaker of all the parts of you, that's where the magic happens with speaking up. Because then you're feeling a call to share your creative gifts. You're feeling a call to set a boundary. You're feeling a call to, um, speak, you know, do public speaking, whatever it may be, singing, anything. And yeah, the parts of my fist may still be like, Oh, this is kind of terrifying. What if I get criticized? What if I get rejected? And you're like, we got a plan for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm here to take care of you. We'll get support if the criticism rejection comes up. We'll, we'll, um, you know, process it afterwards. So when you're, you know, brave enough to start this work and become really practiced with it, that is one of my, uh, I think one of the deepest processes for opening the channel of your voice. And the other thing that I love to do is voice energy practices. So you use your voice. A lot of them I use singing for, and you connect it to your energy. So using your chakras or sensing how you're moving energy with your voice. So, um, it's, it's kind of like the inner child work often comes first though. <laughs> It, the timeliness of this couldn't be more appropriate. So, um, which never is a surprise, right? Because it's <laughs> doing its magic, right? We are exactly where we're meant to be. Yeah. Um, and what really strikes me is there are a couple things that really strike me. 
um, I'm almost at the end of um, a, a training that I've been doing the last two months on positive intelligence. Um, and it's really powerful work. It's like very simple work, but it's also super deep work, right? And so I'm in, I'm in a coaching pod with two other coaches and we're learning about these, you know, the model is pretty simple. It's like, you know, we are approaching a circumstance and our action reaction kind of thing, like a, a basic coaching model. And then though, the next part is around what are called our saboteurs, right? Um, what are our saboteurs that come? They're the judges that come into our life. Um, and then we're talking about, um, you go from understanding that to accessing your sage, right? Your mm -hmm. sage. And the sage has five different pieces to it, one of which is empathy, right? Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of all that is, you know, some things that you can do, some sort of sage powers. But I will tell you that I, I have started, I would say this year, working with this inner child piece. I started... Um, I have a very dear friend that's a Reiki, like, I don't know, 15th level ninja Reiki person. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't understand, but she's pretty magical. And um, some of this started coming up for me in a big way, working with her. And then it really came up again for me in this PQ practice, because the idea is, you know, find this picture of yourself, this child, um, and really get to the place where you can see what that child, who that child is, right? As the sage adult and be able to show that child empathy or be able to really start the work on celebrating or reclaiming that child as the sage. And yeah. Sarah, it is, it is probably the hardest work that I've ever done. And I would say that the work for me it's not, it, it's not the work that is my, my specialty in coaching, right? Because, because I'm a mindset, a leadership mindset coach, but I'm wondering, like, tell me a little bit about the kind of woman that is served by working with someone like you. Yeah. Because again, I'm going to get to, you know, let's talk about the onion, right? I get, mm -hmm. I go pretty deep in the onion, but you're going the next level on the onion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I work with women who are empowered in so many ways, who have overcome a lot. Um, many of them are sexual assault survivors and all have had some kind of voice shut down, which is honestly, pretty much everybody has had this experience, especially women growing up in this culture. So voice shutdown is any moment when you shared pure expression, you shared your voice and some kind of rupture happened. It could have been that you were giving a presentation and your peers laughed at you. Could have been that you sang and a family member said, you're a horrible singer. You should never sing again. It could be that you set a boundary and it was disrespected. 
Um, so that's so often the case of that, um, your consent being violated with sexual trauma. So it could be, you know, any range of experiences from the choir teacher being like, uh, no, no, you're, <laughs> you don't belong in choir, um, to the, um, to the more severe ones, right? The more, the really intense, what we would think of as big T traumas. Yeah. Um, but for the women who have gone through the, the big T traumas, this work is a stage that happens after some basic nervous system repair. So for women who have gone through some therapy or done a lot of work to really build up their resources, their strength, what's going well in their lives, and they feel that call to share the medicine of their creative expression, whether it's through writing, music, creative mentorship. And it's not quite as simple as the formulas tell you <laughs> because each step of the way, you're dealing with a nervous system response, right? Like the, I send an email out about speaking on a podcast and the rejection, like, well, we, you know, you can logically say like rejection is part of putting yourself out there and that it's um, on the way to the yes and things like that. But the work that I facilitate is, is really getting skilled at noticing that nervous system response, working with the rhythms of the nervous system and um, so that you can share your voice in a way that feels more safe because you've cultivated more internal safety. Um, and another really important step is having a safe group and safe people to share with first. So I made the mistake of being like, okay, hello world. I'm a sexual assault survivor. Here I am. There was no intermediate because I'm somebody who was, you know, I've been on stage so much in my life that I felt like that was what I could do. And what I've learned is that in order for it to be really healthy and integrated, it's um, the nervous system likes slow and incremental. So if I sure write a really vulnerable blog post, it's really powerful for me to read that with my writers group that I formed and receive their feedback first because it's a safe space. And so many people get this from group coaching. I know you are a coach, you lead different, some group experiences too. So having that safe place, the container, it's kind of like a, it's, it's like a little landing place. So your nervous system is like, oh, I did this and I was safe. You have that experience of using your voice and sharing it and it being safe in your body and being celebrated. And that is super powerful healing so that then you can incrementally get ready for the bigger stages or spotlights or self-promotion or whatever it may be. You know, what's so interesting about this is that what you're talking about reminds me so much of Brene Brown's work around, right? Around like, you know, people think that, um, Exactly what you said, right? When they share, they think they have to go blah, and yeah. um, and and that was what happened to me. I when I started to think about doing this podcast, I was working with a storytelling coach, and because I really didn't know how to pull out the nuggets, I mm -hmm. didn't know what it was going to be. 
at the moment, at that time, three years ago, it was going to be, you know, just me. And I was freaking scared to death. I was like, I have so much shit to unpack here. Um, like, I don't know. And I literally, and my, my coach at the time, her name is April Adams Pertwee. Like I literally vomited on, vomited on her for like an hour and a half. And that felt really good. And it was also like just having that space, like you said, where I could do it now between her wisdom and everything that I've uh, done, you know, I'm a certified Brene Brown dare to lead um, facilitator. It's like, yeah, we can tell our story, but there's a lot of work to unpack it, right? It, it's not, it may not serve us to just hit the button and start going. And that's why the work I do in groups around values and alignment and a lot of the dare to lead stuff and vulnerability, all those things and work like you do is so critically important for people to really be able to start to share their stories in a in an authentic way that feels like you said safe you know mm-hmm. i i have get to control that safe space i there are parts of my story i haven't yet shared and i don't think i will there are some that are you know my stories that don't belong to other people yeah. um so you know i think that you and i are Again, there's this continuum of the work, right? There's a continuum of the work to get to the expression. Yeah, yeah. That's so affirming that Brene Brown also says it's that there's a journey to like having it actually serve you to share some parts of your story. So that's so beautiful. Yeah, I, I think that that's really powerful. And, and I'm wondering through this, right? So you've had, you've had this very intense personal story. Um, and then you're, you know, when we're coaching or when we're in this place, we're then also, we're practicing detached involvement and we are, um, witnesses, we use your words, to other people's story. And I'm wondering for you how all of that has translated into courage. Yeah. So I, I love the word courage. I think it's definitely a lifelong exploration for me. Um, I, I experience courage as a sensation of power in my body of, um, it's almost like kind of along my spine, I feel this sort of zipping up of like, oh yeah, like there's this powerful core, almost as if somebody or something were holding me up <laughs> with kind of like a, a rod as it comes to mind, but it's not as if it's a rod. It's it's a sensation yeah. of energy. And there are a few ways that I, I access that feeling of courage. One of them is 
with imagery. I love the imagery of a tiger. At different points, I've worked with lioness and things, but recently it's been a tiger. I made a tiger collage. It's on my wall. It helps me remember like, oh, tiger energy, something I can call upon when I have, like I'm a mom, I have <laughs> kids testing my boundaries so I can be like, remember the tiger. The tiger is respected. Like the tiger doesn't have to walk around constantly growling. It's just like it embodies that power. And when I can sense that power, I know that there's also the fear, right? It's going back to that dual awareness because it's like, yeah, part of me is scared too. And part of me is feeling vulnerable. But when I can access the tiger energy, then I... I can call upon that courage, which is, it's a blueprint, a potential that always lives within me. So the tiger is one of my favorite ways. Another way I use a singing practice that I, I lead clients through a lot. And that's where you focus on your third chakra, your power center, and you speak or sing. I, I like singing because it gets stuck in your head. <laughs> I can feel my power. So as you're connecting to that energy in your body, then you're expressing it with your voice. So um, those are some of my favorite ways to access that feeling and sensation of courage in my body. Okay, so I have goosebumps. Goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> because I think that you know, that active, it's an activating, right? One yeah. of the sage powers is around activating and activating is like, I am fully present in my body and I am ready to, ready to be fully present. And I am ready, you know, it, it's very powerful, right? When you're speaking, when you are even, you know, a, a lot of the women I work with, it's the courage they need to walk into a room differently. Um, and my practice is a lot around what's called energy leadership. I'm a, uh, an IPEC coach and that's where we focus. So it's like, okay, if I've been showing up really small, how do I, you know, really like take up more space in the room? How do I, how do I align my body to that? And I, you know, I'm sure that you have done much more work in that body piece, connecting it to the vocals than I have. But yeah, I think that, that visualizing and that mantra of I can feel my power is, you know, we need to do that, right? <laughs> we need to do that. We are just walking. So many people are just walking around, going through the motions, yeah. um, allowing others to take our space, take our voice, take our power. And so what you're talking about is just really such an essential, essential practice that we can all work on in some way or another. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited about your work. I'm so excited about <laughs> um, Tell us a little bit about, you know, you mentioned a few things, but you know, what kind of work are you doing right now? How can people access you? Not the details, because we'll have all of that in the show notes, but you know, what, what are you most passionate about in terms of working with women? Yeah. So I do one-on-one -on -one as well as group facilitation and the work of helping women 
shine and own their spotlight is is my passion, you know, because for all 16 years of my career, I've been helping people get on stage <laughs> and to feel more confident on stage. Um, but uh, I work with writers and musicians and creative mentors, as I mentioned. So the stage can be metaphorical, right? It can be through a book. It can be through a blog post. It can be through a virtual speaking event. And um, yeah, my passion is seeing that it's like the spark is in there. The desire is on the heart to share something. And then to see women really um, come fully into their whole self-expression and feel more confident and be able to expand their capacity of how much they can be seen, how much they can show up boldly is, is fantastic. And in 2023, in January, I'm going to be launching um, the uh, Step Into the Spotlight group program. So um, <laughs> it's a new offering. And of course they have ongoing one-on-one -on -one offerings as well. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. Um, I know we'll, we will, um, connect. I can't wait to, to find you in all the nooks and crannies of the digital universe. <laughs> uh, so many, um, and you know, I just would love to end with you sharing a little bit about your Shiro, um, because I was really struck by who you identified in, on your form as your Shiro. Um, so if you could share a little bit about that, that would be great. So I didn't hear the question. We had a little tech glitch. Yeah, we're good. It's actually, we should be good. So I'll, I'll, let me reframe it. Can you share with us a little bit about your Shiro? I, I loved reading your Shiro story, but if you we could end with that, that would be great. Oh, yes. So I mentioned that I when I wanted to start sharing my story and my voice and my songs as a professional musician that I kind of dove into the coaching universe of receiving coaching and um, found that a lot of it I could only get so far because it was like I couldn't just make myself follow the steps to get to the next level of expansion. <laughs> and I felt so uh, seen and heard really when I discovered the work of Rachel Maddox, who is a trauma resolution educator. So she does, she facilitates coach trainings. I did a basic um, coach training, trauma-informed coach training um, around trauma resolution and best practices with her. And um, I, I do feel that a lot of my, um, really me being able to connect the dots between the principles of um, how to, to resolve trauma, which is like your nervous system loves to go slow. It loves to have pendulation, like you go into something more challenging, but then you come back into safety and um, doing things in doable chunks. So a lot of that is really heavily influenced by, by Rachel's work. And so I, I am so grateful that 
um, she's been a, a fantastic mentor <laughs> for me to, to really find what, what my unique work is that I'm bringing into the world and how to merge all the voice work with the healing work. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'm so appreciative of you being here today and, um, can't wait to learn more and see more. Um, and just again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Deb. It's been super fun. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Think Courageously podcast with Deb Cummins-Stilato. I hope you enjoyed our show. My dream, my big dream is for us to start a movement, to start a movement of women who are willing to think courageously. And it starts right here. So I'm asking you a favor today. After you listen to the show, please go on to your favorite podcast player and leave a review. Leaving a review enables other women to find us and to share in the magic that our guests bring to the show every week. It's important, and it's important to the show's ratings and rankings. Secondly, if you have been motivated by what you've heard today on this show, please visit us at www.thethinkgoodcompany.com and learn about all the things that we do and all the services we offer to ignite potential in people and organizations. And finally, I'd love to invite you to my Facebook page, Think Courageously. This is a space where women come to share their thoughts and their feelings about thinking courageously. I hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, I appreciate your support and I appreciate your intention to live a life of thinking courageously. Thanks again.